as followers of Christ, we must put off the old, put on the new, and be thankful. You're listening to Wonder Lake Bible Church, building mature followers of Jesus Christ. Find us online at wlbiblechurch.org. Now, here's Pastor Dan Cox with today's message. Well, folks, as you know, we do have a holiday coming up, Thanksgiving this Thursday. But Thanksgiving is not just a once a day or a once one day a year holiday. Thanksgiving should be an everyday attitude of the heart. You know, I was listening to someone earlier this week that was talking about Thanksgiving and giving thanks, and, and uh, this was something that they had drawn from elsewhere, and I heard it, and now I'm just kind of paraphrasing it, remember it as best I could, and so I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit here for us. That is, you know, when things are going really well, it's easy to give thanks, isn't it? You know, it's like we're thankful. Well, sometimes actually we don't even do it then when things are going well. We should, but we don't. But what about when things aren't going so well or we're bothered by something, we're troubled by something? And it was uh, just as some examples of some things that, you know, even when this, give thanks when this is happening because of this or that. And for example, have you noticed it's getting a little bit better now, but gas prices, remember how high they were for a while? And so, you know, we do that, we're giving gas, we might be tempted to complain a little bit. We said, what, we can, when you fill your gas tank, you might want to grumble, but give thanks when you, fill, when you fill your gas tank. Why? Because you have a car, you have a working car, right? Or when you buy your groceries, the prices of things there, things that get a little more expensive, give thanks when you pay that grocery bill, because why? You have food on your table, Right? Or how about this, and when you're paying your gas bill or your electric bill, it's getting a little more expensive there too, but give thanks. Why? Because you have a warm home. You have a warm home. Or how about this one? You have to work late, and maybe you've been having to do that for a while. You have to work late. Yet again, give thanks because you have a job, right? Well, you might think, okay, well, those are all easy enough. I guess I could find a reason for giving thanks in those things. But how about this one? This is something, those, those were all real situations for us, weren't they? But here's something that, this one may not be real for you, but it is real for some of us here in our church family here recently. And it may be real for all of us at one point then. And that is what? You get bad news from the doctor. Now, our first thought then is not to give thanks in that instance, is it? But we can give thanks even then. Why? You get bad news from the doctor. Give thanks. Why? Because you have. It can be treated or something, but also what? Because you have, regardless of how that may turn out, you have the hope of eternal life and the resurrection of the body, don't we? So whatever may be happening to our bodies, we have the gift of eternal life. And we have the hope of the resurrection. And that's why we can give thanks, even in a situation like that. You know, we're going to see in, this, in the scripture here today that, that we are new in Christ. When we have been redeemed in Christ, we have a new self, the scripture. But we are new persons in Christ. And we're going to be looking at some of the attitudes and the practices of the new self in Christ with a special emphasis then on giving thanks. And I want to give you a little warning right now. You're going to get a chance. You're going to get a, get, 
get a chance to give thanks at the end of the sermon. So start thinking about it now. So no excuses. I'm not putting you on the spot. You know, I say, all right, who wants to give thanks? And you're like, uh, uh, uh. first of all, there should be plenty already there at top, at top of mind, right? But it should already be there. But now, no excuses, giving you plenty of time to think about it. What do you want to give thanks to God for at the end? We're going to give you an opportunity to do that then at the end of the message. So our message here today is simply this, and be thankful, and be thankful. We're looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Colossians 3, 1 through 17. And here is the key idea that I want you to pull away from the message here. As followers of Christ, we must put off the old, put on the new, and be thankful, and be thankful. Before we look at our text, a little context here, Paul is writing to the believers in Colossae, the church of, uh, at Col- uh, the, of the Colossians. And Paul is correcting, I know, again, surprise, surprise, he's correcting some false teaching that was getting into the church, right? You look at the New Testament letters, you see that theme again and again and again is the need to correct false teaching which had gotten into the church. And here there were some bad ideas about the person and the work of Christ, some that were denying the deity of Christ. And so he is setting forth very clearly here then that Jesus Christ is God. He is God in the flesh, fully God, fully man. And that his death on the cross, his sacrificial death on the cross for our sins is the basis of salvation. Salvation is not found in some kind of secret knowledge or knowing of things, but it is found in Jesus Christ and his completed work on the cross and our trust, our faith, confidence in him and what he has done. So only, only through faith in him and his completed work for us on the cross can we be saved. It goes on to tell us then that as believers in Jesus then, We are new persons. We have a new self. We have a new nature. We have new capabilities to lead a righteous life in Christ. And therefore, then, we must put off the old, put off the old self and its corruptions, and put on the new self, which is daily being renewed in the image of God, our Creator, then. So with that then, let's look at the text starting in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. We are told, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That's an incredible promise there, by the way. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So first off, we're told here what? To seek the things above. We're told that we have been raised with Christ. You know, this is one of the critical things that we must understand about ourselves, that if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
There is this term that, that the Apostle Paul especially likes that he uses often is being in Christ, that we are in the realm, the domain of Christ. We're linked with him in his life, death, and resurrection. I like to think of it as being like being in Christ. It means like we're joined at the hips with Christ, that when God the Father looks at you or me, he sees his son, he sees Christ in us because we are intimately and vitally linked with him. We are in Christ. And we're told here then, if then you have been raised with Christ, and by the way, is there any question whether or not we have been raised? He says, if you've been raised with Christ, yeah, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. No. He's saying, if then, in the sense of what? We might translate that as what? Since then, or because you have been, right? If, if you've been raised with Christ, and you have, right? So since you have been raised with Christ, if you have, and you have been raised with Christ, therefore do what? Seek the things above, right? Christ was raised, what? what? He conquered death. He conquered sin. And then he arose, and he ascended back into heaven. And we have been raised with him. We have conquered death with him. We have conquered sin with him. And we have ascended above all of that with him into heaven. Spiritually, we have we've been raised with him now. And therefore, what? We must seek the things that are above. Now, the day is coming. We have been raised now with him through faith. But the day is coming when our bodies will be physically raised just as his was, right? But right now, though, we have been raised with him. It's a sure and certain promise that we have from God. And so if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. We are united with Christ in his life, his death, his resurrection, United with him in his life, he lived a perfect life, perfect obedience to God's law. Through faith in him, God sees his perfect obedience as ours then. We are perfectly obedient in Christ. We're raised, we were with him in his death. He was judged, punished for our sins. So when God punished Christ for our sins in him, our sins, how many of them have been judged and forgiven? All of them, right? And then he conquered. He rose. We've been raised with him in victory then. All of this through faith, union with Christ. And since we've been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God the Father. Christ is seated. Why? When you would complete a task, often if you've gone out and you've completed some task, what do you like to do when you come inside? Sit down, right? (laughs) Sit down and rest, right? So when Christ completed his task, he ascended into heaven, and what did he do? He sat down. To be seated indicates what? That the job has been completed and fulfilled. And he is seated where? At the right hand of God the Father. That was the, the right hand was the position or the place of honor, of highest honor. And so Christ then completed the job. He is seated at the place of highest honor at the right hand of God the Father. And since we have been raised then, let us then set our minds on those things above. What are those things above? Those are heavenly values, heavenly virtues, heavenly priorities, 
heavenly perspectives, thinking anew, thinking heavenly rather than earthly, the things of this earth. So set your minds on things above, not on things or on earth. Now, does that mean that we are not to think about anything that's going on down here? No, (laughs) it doesn't mean that. But when he says earthly things, he doesn't mean things that are going on here. He means earthly things as in what? Like sinful things and things that are not worthy of God. Think of heavenly things, not earthly things. The things down here, sometimes sinful things, things of no lasting eternal value. You ever heard the expression that sometimes someone is so heavenly minded, they are no earthly good? I would suggest to you. Now, we know what you mean by that. Someone is so heavenly minded, there are no earthly good. We think what? That they're always thinking about heaven and then and there and then, and that they they don't do anything down here then. They're no good down here. They don't do anything because they're always thinking about heaven. I would suggest to you that actually, if someone truly is heavenly minded, they are of enormous earthly good, aren't they? Right? These are not opposite things here. Actually, the more truly heavenly minded are, the more earthly good we will be here. I think it's actually it's exactly the opposite there. And I would say the truth is, is someone can be so earthly minded, they are no heavenly good, right? So focused on the things of the here and the now that they're really not of any use eternally for the kingdom then because they're focused on the here and the now and not heaven's values, heaven's priorities, heaven's perspectives, heaven's virtues, then. But he said, what, you have died. Well, I don't know. I think we all look pretty good for dead people in here, don't we? But no, you have died, meaning what? You have died with Christ. Again, that union with Christ. You have died. Christ died to sin. Christ died for sin. We have died with Christ, and our life is hidden with Christ. It says, when Christ appears, you also will appear with him in glory. When Christ appears, meaning what? When he comes in, Jesus is coming again, isn't he? And when he comes again, who's coming with him? You. Oftentimes we think of Jesus, we think of the second coming, we're just picturing Jesus coming again in great power and glory. And he will, but did you realize that you're going to be part of the second coming? Right? When Jesus comes again, He's bringing us with him, right? So when he appears, you also will appear with him in glory. So seek the things above. We're also then here we're told, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. What? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Speaking of the coming of Christ again, right? In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but 
Christ is all and in all. So seek the things above and put off the old. Since we have been raised with Christ, therefore, what? Put off earthly things. And here we see earthly then doesn't just mean matters of, the, of this life. It means it has this connotation here of what? Of sinful things. These earthly things are sinful things. Like what? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion. Now, passion in and of itself is not a bad thing. Passion just simply means a, a strong desire. But in this context, it's what is it a strong desire for the wrong, for sinful things. Evil desires and covetousness. When we covet what we want, what we see, we want what someone else has. And so in, in, in a sinful manner, in a sinful way. And it says, because of these things, these kinds of things, the wrath of God is coming. God is going to judge. Sometimes people are, where is God? Why does God allow all this evil and suffering in the world? Why doesn't he do something about it? To which I know that's a difficult question, and we've looked at that before in other contexts here. But the short answer is, is, well, God has done something about it in Christ, right? But here's the other thing I would say. Okay, do you want God to deal with all evil right now? Do you want him to bring perfect justice right now? You might not. You know, ultimately he is because what? He has dealt with evil and he is going to deal with evil. And how many of us, you know, would want God? Do you want God to be to treat you perfectly justly? In and of yourself? No, we don't. You want grace, don't you, right? We need grace. We need God's grace then. But nevertheless, the day is coming when God is going to bring judgment on the world, isn't he? The wrath of God, his righteous anger, will be unleashed on all of this. And so because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. So if you are in Christ, then we must put these things off. Have nothing to do with them here. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. Do not lie to one another. So what? You have put off the old self. We must put on the new. And the imagery here for us is like is this picture of taking off dirty, filthy clothes. Taking dirty clothes off and putting on clean, new, fresh clothes. Clothes of righteousness here. So put off those old dirty clothes, and then put on the new self, these new clothes. This new self is being renewed in the image of God, our creator. And by the way, who is your, you know, all people have been created in the image of God, right? We bear the mark of our creator on us, but we are, it means we're like God in some ways. Not that we are God, we're not, we never will be. (laughs) But we are like God in certain ways. All people are created in the image of God. But here, though, there's something a little different here. Is being renewed in the image of our Creator, it means what? In in that righteousness and holiness. It's Christ-likeness. Because did you know that Jesus Christ created you? You know, oftentimes we don't think of that. We think of the of creator. Well, God is the creator. Yep, God is the creator. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he is 
the agent of creation, isn't he? The scriptures teach this. Don't believe me? Read John chapter 1, right? But he is the creator. We're being renewed in his image. Renewed to be like him, to be like Christ. You know, someone asked this this question here earlier uh, in our Sunday school class earlier. It said, are we ever going to be holy, perfectly holy? And the answer is, yes. We are going to be perfectly holy, as Christ is. Now, we're not going to be God, right? But we are going to, as a gift of God, we, are, we have been given the gift of perfect holiness, perfect righteousness in Christ. We are growing into that day by day here now. But we will be perfect, holy, as Christ is holy. When? In his presence, right? When we're taken into his presence, and then one day the body is resurrected, then a perfectly holy, glorified, resurrected body, we will be holy as he is holy then. And we are being renewed, though, day by day in this image. And together, as the body of Christ, we are all one in Christ. Well, therefore, then what? Do this. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. thought you said this was a Thanksgiving sermon. Ah, verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Seek the things above, put off the old, put on the new. The new you that is being renewed daily in the image of Christ. Put on as God's chosen ones. God has known you and loved before the creation of the world. God knew you and loved you, chose you in Christ. You are holy in Christ. You are loved in Christ. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and loved. Put on these fresh new clothes of righteousness, like what? Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. These next two, we looked at these last week in that message on forgiveness, bearing with one another, putting up with one another. And by the way, we always kind of chuckle and think, yeah, we have to, I have to put up with people, but others put up with you, right? You see, you guys have to put up with me, but you know what? I have to put up with you, right? So yeah, so yeah, you laugh. Yeah, 
put up, yeah, put up with you. Well, yeah, well, they're putting up with you. You ever think of it that way? It's true, though, right? Bearing with one another. Sometimes we sin against one another. Bearing with one another, I think, is, a, is this picture of just our differences, our personalities, our quir- you, know, you know, all of that. Just, just bearing, be, extending some patience with one another. But sometimes it goes beyond personality quirks or preferences and that. Sometimes we sin against one another, don't we? And then what do we need to do? Forgive. Forgive one another. How? As we have been forgiven. How have we been forgiven? Graciously, abundantly in Christ, right? Forgive one another as we have been forgiven. And then love. Love is the the glue, if you will, that holds it all together. Love binds them all together in harmony. Love holds all of these virtues that glues them all together in harmony, in perfect harmony. It says, let the peace of Christ rule. And the idea there is, it's like the peace of Christ rule means is, uh, is, we have any baseball fans here? Oh, I think we do, don't we? Yeah, we've got a few. Let's see one back there. By the way, um, little, little, little footnote here. I, uh, Saturday, no, it was Friday, Friday. Um, I did not realize this at the time. I, I uh, met, to, met with some friends in Chicago. And uh, we uh, decided to take a tour of Wrigley Field um, because uh, I had done that years ago, you know, and really enjoyed that. But now, you know, with all the changes that there have been there and all that, I thought it would be fun to do that again. And so we did that. And so we took this tour. What I didn't realize, though, is that they've got it all set up down there for this, like this winter wonderland thing, you know, and, that, and it's beautifully, you, know, you go, on, go online, you can look it up, it's really interesting, I've got some great pictures to show you, Lynn, Tony, anybody else who might want to see them here. Uh, it's a very interesting perspective of Wrigley Field with all the Christmas trees in the corridors and the, you know, and all that kind of stuff, so I have to check that out. But anyway, um, what was my point? Where was I going here with this now? <laughs> Let me look. Where was I? What? Being thankful. Oh, let the peace of Christ rule. Okay. Now I remember where I was going. Okay. Had to look that back. It's like, I did have a point here. What was it? Ah, yes. Here it is. Letting the peace of Christ rule. The picture is the rule would be kind of like an umpire. You know, like an umpire in baseball makes the call safe or out, is making, making the call there with that. The peace, the peace of Christ is to be the umpire, if you will, that's making the calls and is, is to be what's, the, it, it's what's in charge. Whenever we've, we've got issues or things like that, what should be in charge? The peace of Christ should be what is ruling over. The peace of Christ is to rule over us in our relationships, in our questions. And somebody's looking it up right now because he's going, hmm, I'm not sure about it. I see you, but look it up. I tell, I'm telling you, that's it, all right? That's it. Let the peace of Christ rule means it's the, it's the determiner. What should, what, should, what, should eva- what should judge our disputes and all of that? The peace of Christ should rule, should make the call, is seeking the peace of Christ in things. And let the peace of Christ rule. 
And we're told then to be thankful then in verses 15 through 17. Remember I said this is a Thanksgiving message. We're told to be thankful in verses 15 through 17. How many times are we told to be thankful in verses 15 through 17? How many times? Do you remember when we read it there? Three. Three times we're told to be thankful. Verse 15. And be thankful. Verse 16. Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with what? With thankfulness in your heart. Verse 17. Whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving what? Thanks. Three times we're told to be thankful and be thankful. Sing with thankfulness. Do all giving thanks in our hearts. Be thankful. Sing with thankfulness. Do all giving thanks to God the Father. Gratitude, thankfulness. Let's talk a little bit about gratitude. Gratitude is both an attitude and a practice. Gratitude is an attitude within us, but then it's a practice. It's something we're to express or to give. And it is a choice. Does, does gratitude come naturally to us? Probably not, right? Because certainly even when there are things that we would call good things, we may not naturally think to, to give thanks about it. In fact, we can become, even as believers, we can just kind of start taking things for granted, can't we? Rather than being thankful about those good things in our lives, maybe we even think we deserve them. Or we've earned them, right? So we may not naturally give thanks. In even in good things. But how about this, when things aren't so good? When you've gotten some bad news, times are tough. Does gratitude come naturally in those circumstances? No, pretty much the opposite. What comes naturally in those circumstances? Anger, complaining, right? Fear. Those are the things that come naturally to us in those kind of situations. And this is why I say all of this then to say that, that gratitude is a choice. It's a decision that we make. I choose to be grateful. When things are good, I choose to remember the source of that good and express gratitude, thanks to God. When things aren't so good, well, I choose to give thanks even in that. We said we're told to give... Are we told in Scripture to give thanks for all circumstances? No, we're told to give thanks in all circumstances. What's the difference? We aren't necessarily grateful for everything that might be happening, right? But we can be grateful in everything that is happening, Right? So we give thanks in all circumstances. Even in the bad, we can give thanks in that. Why? Because God is with us, and he is seeing us through it. And what? And we have hope. We have hope, right? So I'd like to encourage us then here to develop the discipline 
of thanksgiving. Have you ever thought of giving thanks, gratitude, as being like a discipline in our lives to be developed and cultivated? But I think it is. I think it's an attitude that we need to learn, we need to work on that, this giving of thanks, regardless of circumstances, in all circumstances. So here I, I just want to give us uh, four suggestions here for some ways that we can develop the discipline of thanksgiving. Four suggestions here for developing the discipline of thanksgiving. The first one I'd say is this. Study. Study all the blessings that you have in Christ and actively meditate on those truths each day. Go through the scriptures and start looking at what are all those blessings that you have in Christ. Do a study of that. Write them out. And actively choose to meditate. When we meditate, what? We're, we're thinking on that. We're chewing it over in our minds. Think about that. Actively meditate on the blessings that you have in Christ. You know, and there's one particular aspect of blessing that we have in Christ that I like to think of often. I, I, think, that, I, I think about this every day. And I think we would do well to do this. And that is our hope the hope we have in Christ. Now, some of you know where I'm going because I've said it a thousand times by now. Maybe not a thousand, but it, I wouldn't doubt if it's going to be close to that by the time you know, I'm done here, whenever that may be. But here it is. What is our hope in Christ? Remember, hope in the Bible doesn't mean a wish or a desire that may or may not come true. Hope in the Bible is what? A sure and certain promise that is based on the character and the power of God. It's God's sure and certain promises. And so the scripture speaks of our hope, our hope in Christ. And there are many promises that we've been given, but, but here is what I like to focus on when I think of our hope. And I like to think about this every day. Hope, our hope in Christ means what? Eternal life. We have the gift of eternal life. We have not been promised that we're not going to physically die. We will unless Jesus comes first. But we have life. We have eternal life. And eternal life doesn't mean living forever. Eternal, well, you will live forever with eternal life. But it's not about duration. It's about what? It's about a quality of life. It's eternal life. It's a blessed life in the presence of God forever and ever. Eternal life. It's perfect righteousness. Yes, we are going to be holy as Christ is holy. We will be like him. Perfect righteousness. You're never, going to be, you're never going to sin again. You're never even going to be tempted to sin. You will not. Eternal life. Perfect righteousness. The resurrection of the body, the resurrected body, that we have been raised with Christ, and just as his body was raised, so too will ours. We will follow him in that resurrection. Heavenly reward. You know, it matters what we do in this life. God sees that. And he remembers that, and he will reward us. And then finally, the new earth. God is not just making people new. He's not just redeeming people. He is making all things new, including this earth. So you and I, in the presence of God, we're going to cry out to God. Great thanksgiving and praise here, right? Because... In fact, there's going to be no more tears, actually, as a matter of fact. There will be no more tears on the new earth, will there? 
But no, but we are not going to live in some strange, metaphorical, otherworldly existence. We're going to live in resurrected bodies on a renewed, a new earth. And that's part of our hope in Christ. And I like to think about that. So whatever is going on, first of all, we can rejoice in the good things, the blessings we have, but we put those things in perspective with our, our eternal spiritual blessings, don't we? And then when things aren't so good, just remember you have eternal life, perfect righteousness, a resurrected body, heavenly reward, the new earth. This is the sure and certain promises of God. So developing the discipline of thanksgiving, study those things, read about those things. And you know what? There's plenty more where that came from. Write them out. Think about them. Meditate on them. Discipline yourself to, be, to give thanks. Study those blessings, number one. Number two, habitually give thanks for all the earthly blessings that you have each day. Right? So we're first off, we're thankful for those spiritual blessings we have in Christ, but then habitually make it a habit, a practice, to give thanks to God daily for all these earthly blessings that we have here and now, the things that we can be so thankful for here and now. You know, I started doing that this year. Decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice, I'm gonna make this a, a discipline in my life, is daily to be to to purposely think in terms of what can I give thanks for right now? And so I've kind of got into that habit, and I don't want to fall into the thing. I know sometimes things can become mindless routines, so you've got to be careful about that. But there are some things, though, that, that I started that, that I do this now, and I actually do this every time. You know, when I pull into the house, when I pull into the garage, and I get out, before I walk into the, as I'm walking past the car, you know what I do, always do? I always tap the car, and I say, thank you, Lord, because that car is a gift of God, and I am thankful for that, right? And then when I walk out uh, the garage and I'm walking into the house before I open the door and walk into the do- that back door, what do I do? I like to tap the outside of that house because I am thankful for that home that I have. And then I go through and I just start looking around. And you might think, what do I have to be thankful for? Well, I challenge you, go home and just start looking around. Just think what you have to be. Just start looking at all the things that you have to be thankful for, right? Make a habit of that. And if you're like me, maybe even tap it. Now, if you're thankful for a person, be careful about tapping them. You know, that, I don't, I'm not necessarily recommending you do that, okay? But give thanks for those things, right? Habitually give thanks for all the earthly blessings that you have. Here's the third thing. Keep a record. Keep a record of God's activities and blessings in your life. And review it periodically. Write those things down and review it. How God has worked in your life. All that you have to be thankful for. And then last one, this this is the last one. This is hard to do, I know. I know this one is hard to do. But here it is. Choose. Choose gratitude when the difficult and the painful circumstances inevitably come. It inevitably will come, don't they? Some of us are right in the middle. Some of us, like for example, when your, your microphone suddenly cuts out, like right there, right? <laughs> Be thankful because I have the privilege of preaching the word and 99.99% of the time the microphone works, right? So we're thankful then for that, right? 
So what did I say then? It said what? Choose gratitude when the difficult and painful circumstances inevitably come because they will, won't they? Because they will. And some of you are in the midst of it right now. You're going through the fire right now. Some of you are coming out of the fire. Some of you are going into the fire. Some of you are right in the midst of the fire. But it's inevitable in this life, isn't it? Choose gratitude. Why? Because God is with you and you have hope in the midst of that, right? So what? What do you want me to do with this? Well, I would remind us where we started. It said what? As followers of Christ, we must put off the old, put on the new, and be thankful. Did you ever think of gratitude as being a part of what it means to be growing in Christ's likeness is it's tied to all those other virtues, putting on the new. Those new things, those new attitudes are, one of those includes gratitude. Gratitude is part of the new you. Choose that. Put off the old, put on the new, and be thankful. Well, I told you, I warned you ahead of time that you're going to have this opportunity to give thanks here. So I'd like to do that now. Maybe someone you'd like to share. We've got uh, Jerry's our microphone man. We've got the microphone so everybody can hear. Would somebody like to give thanks to God here today? This is, this is the application. We always we explain the text and then we apply the text, don't we? We look at the text, we understand the text, and then we apply the text. This is the application. This is the so what right here. This is the application. Give thanks. Who would like to give thanks here this morning? Right here. Let me start. Lord, I would like to give uh, thanks for Pastor Dan. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Frank, you're next. I'm really thankful for my kids um, that they follow the Lord. And uh, I have life skills. And also for the, the kids I see in the church that are following the Lord, uh, all, the, all the parents that are here bringing their kids, it, it's really great to see uh, Christ's kingdom expanding through the next generation. Mm-hmm. Amen. Steve. You know, it's really cold outside, but not in my house. Now, picture it's not cold in here, It is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to choose to grumble about the high gas bill instead. <laughs> so, all right, Mary. <laughs> I left this morning to go to church. My car wouldn't start. I am thankful for my neighbor, Jerry St. Clair, that got out of his house this morning and brought me to church and dropped me off. I wouldn't be here. Amen. Joy. I just want to thank God for all the wonderful friends I have, people that support me all the time, and people who in turn I can support them. And I thank you for this children. Mm-hmm. And I feel at home. Mm-hmm. So, just that. 
thankful that God chose to follow, to guide me through my life. And I'm just thankful for the church family that's here that's been very supportive. Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for my home and, and all the blessings that have gone with it. I appreciate that and people that have helped me to be able to stay there and by helping out with cutting the lawn and, and other things that are made it possible for me to stay in my home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm thankful for my husband and all the ways that he's taking good care of our family. I'm thankful for our kids and thankful for this new church. It's a wonderful community of people. Um, I just wanted to thank God for providing me with a husband like Dylan who leads me closer to him every day and um, has just really been a great example of what a Christ follower should be to lead a family. And I also want to thank God for giving me parents who have been my absolute rocks while Dylan works six days a week. Um, so I'm really grateful that God has just given me the most amazing support system that I can imagine. I'm thankful that no matter how I screw up or like it's hard. His mercies are new every morning. Mm -hmm. I'd like to thank God for the uh, miracles that He's worked in my life, and especially in the prayers that He's answered. Amen. I'm grateful for this church and all the support that I get from everyone, all the prayers. Mostly this year, I'd like to be and, and tell everyone for the restored eyesight that I received. It is a blessing, a very great blessing, something that myself and, and probably many others take for granted. But mm -hmm. I have perfect eyesight right now, and I'm so very grateful. Amen to that. I'm just so thankful that, uh, that God would save a wretch like me. Amen. A while back, I was talking to Jean and Joyce, and they recommended a handyman to me. I am <laughs> so thankful for Brian. My house is only 15 years old, but I found out my little deck in front was rotting away, and he fixed it, he put railings on it, fixed other things in my house, and I'm thankful for my handyman. I'm under that. <laughs> oh, if, if you need a handyman, thank God. <laughs> See me. I'm thankful for the Lambs group that, uh, and all ladies in there that I truly love and are so supportive to each other. And so many answer prayers have come through it. And we're still waiting for a few, but I'm thankful that I uh, am a part of that great community, the Lions Group on Tuesday mornings. Amen to that. Amen. Yes, I'm thankful for uh, my granddaughter, Sophie, that she keeps me on my toes. <laughs> and I think uh, I am grateful and thank. The Lambs Group also, which is very encouraging. 
Amen. I'm thankful that for the last couple of weeks I've been relatively pain-free. I'm thankful for the chiropractors and all, and massage people and all the people who keep me from curling up in a corner. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right, one more over here. thankful for many things and one of them being is that you are grateful that you are thankful people you know because they always there's always the threat of okay somebody give thanks and you got the microphone and nobody wants to stand up and there's that awkward moment you know i just wish you had a little more you know there just wasn't enough there no i'm i'm thankful that that was terrific there that was great to hear and i know we could go on for quite a quite a bit longer here we couldn't we so thank you so what am i thankful for well i'm thankful for for all the spiritual blessings I have in Christ, but I am thankful here for, for all of you that I, I, I think about this. It's hard to believe now. You know, it's been 21 years that you've allowed me to be your pastor and you haven't fired me yet, and so I am thankful for that. No, actually, I do. I am very thankful for this church because I know and I read and I know of other churches, other pastors, and things that they go through that... Um, we just don't have that here. And that, that does not mean that we're a perfect church. We're not. doesn't mean we don't have difficulties. Sometimes we do. It doesn't mean we don't have people who, are going, who aren't going through hard times and difficult situations because we've got plenty of those you know, here in our church. But I have to tell you, though, I have not, you know, I've, I've never felt like I was not loved and appreciated and respected here. That has never been an issue there with that. And I am very, very thankful for that because I know that you love me. I know that you respect me. And, um, and you know, there, like I said, there are some pastors who they... They don't have that, you know, they, they, they've got other things they can be thankful for, but they really struggle with it. I, I, I don't here, and I'm very thankful then for all of you, for your love and your support and your appreciation then. So, all right, and I'm thankful. Thank you. And I'm thankful for our worship team, which is, as Jerry tells us, is all of us, but some of the worship team is up here on this. So can we have, let's all express our gratitude for our Jerry and our worship team. And, uh, and let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for so many things. We've had just a, a small touch here of, 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 of things that we could talk about and give thanks and praise for here, Lord. So thank you for all of these givings of praise that we have heard. And we pray, Lord, that you would discipline us to be men and women and young people of gratitude. Develop in us, Lord, that discipline of giving thanksgiving and praise to choose that attitude daily. And we ask all these things and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information about Wonder Lake Bible Church, visit wlbiblechurch.org. 